I want to ask you, when is the last time that you said this word this way? When was the last time that you said this word, one word, and you said it this way? Here's the word, and this is the way, okay? It goes like this. People. <laughs> Come on, be honest. People. Like, like, it's, be, like, just put your hands up. Make me feel good about how bad I am sometimes. Please tell me someone else in the room has, had that, has said that expression. People. People. We do like, you know, or, or have you ever said this? You've sometimes gone for the whole sentence. Everything would be so much easier if it wasn't for people. True? Has anyone said that? We do say it, don't we? Like people disappoint us. They let us down. They annoy us. Sometimes they speak badly about us. Sometimes they misbehave. Like people drive us nuts. Be honest. True? True, true, true. Let, let me remind you of two things. Uh, thing number one. When, when you are thinking people about certain people, you know, certain people are thinking people about you. <laughs> we all have the ability to drive people nuts. First thing to remember. Second thing to remember is that God loves people. He loves people, including you including you. And this morning, in just a few minutes, I'll be brief today because we wanted to give time to those other things. I I, want to speak about the glorious inconvenience of giving your life to people. The glorious inconvenience of giving your life to people. And it's kind of what we've heard already from Paul and Elaine. A couple of months ago, I was preparing what I thought would be a single message. Um, And it it has ended up a three-part series. This is part three. And, uh, and so if you hear uh, last month, you'll remember I talked about the glorious inconvenience of getting away with God, rooted in Exodus 33, that there is an invitation for each and every one of us to go out of our way to allow God to get in the way of our lives so that we would receive direction from him, intimacy with him, discovering, reminding ourselves who we are in him. And the importance of spiritual practices and habits, allowing God to then interrupt us and disrupt us and and do something with us, which is when we talked about the glorious inconvenience of going along with God. We're getting away with him, but we go along with him. We pray that kind of prayer every day. God, whatever you're up to, count me in. This, This prayer that Moses prayed again in Exodus 33 when he said, God, if you're not going with us, we don't want to go. Like, we need you. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so this morning, I want to I finish off what I didn't realize, but has become this little three-part talk on not just the glorious inconvenience of getting away with God, the glorious inconvenience of going along with God in the everyday moments, but, but if we are committed to do those things, being with him, going with him, then we'll find that what comes very naturally is the glorious inconvenience of giving our lives to people. And we're going to look at some verses in Exodus 28 for this that I read a a little while ago that really struck me, really, really struck me. You know, like sometimes you can read something and you've read it like hundreds of times and then you read it and you're like, wow, this this has really 
uh, impressed upon me. And just as a, as a little background, um, like we've said before, if you're not familiar with the Bible story, um, Exodus is the story of, of what happens when God, through a leader called Moses, rescues hundreds of thousands of Is- Israelites, Hebrews, from 400 years of Egyptian slavery. And they, they get free and they start to go on this journey to the promised land, a land that he's promised to give them where they can live safely and securely. And Exodus tells the story of what happens as they leave Egypt and they're on this journey to the promised land. And, and in the chapters in the 20s of Exodus, uh, Moses, this leader, is up a mountain, Mount Sinai, real place in Egypt, and God is giving him like a divine download. It's where we get the Ten Commandments, where God is essentially saying, um, as my people and as you move into this land, this is how I want you to live your lives in relationship with me, in relationship with other people. And, and as part of that, God sets aside um, a group of people, uh, uh, the tribe of Levi, who will become priests. And, uh, and, and the job of the priests is to serve God and serve the people, to be like intermediaries or mediators to stand between God and the people, to help people stay in relationship with God. This is a very special calling. And, and in order to be clear who were the priests, because there will be hundreds of them, what we're about to discover is that they had special clothes that they had to wear. And so just like a football kit, a football team has a special kit to wear, so you immediately look at a team, and if you're a football fan, you know, oh, that is Chelsea, that is Liverpool, you know, that is the Welsh rugby team or whatever. If you saw a certain person walking the streets or the, the desert places, you would know immediately this is a priest because of what they are wearing, what they're wearing. And um, now before we look at these verses in Exodus 28. Let me just make a point here, because this is under the, what's called the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And under the New Covenant, like after Jesus breaks into human history, and he lives and he dies on the cross for our sins and our suffering and defeats death through resurrection, restores us to relationship, fills us with the Holy Spirit, and the early church is born, then the New Testament tells us that no longer is there a group of people who are set aside as priests. We are all priests. We are all priests. This is, this is what uh, Peter, one of Jesus' uh, disciples, says in 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen people. This is speaking about you and me. You are a chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Scholars call this that we are the priesthood of all believers. Like everyone in this room, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a priest. You've been set aside to to be an intermediary, a mediator between God and people, serving God, loving people, just like Paul said, just like Elaine just said, that's what we do. We are all priests. It's level before God. It's not like because I'm the senior leader of Zio, I'm more important. No, we are all priests. We all have this sacred, holy calling And so what's interesting, when we look at these verses in Exodus 28, just very briefly in a moment, we we discover some symbolism in the clothes that the priests were wearing, that whilst we don't wear special clothes, but that symbolism applies to us today. It applies to us today. 
and so let me just make reference. I'm gonna, you're going to have to read all these things a little bit uh, in a little bit more detail later. But if you look at Exodus 28, verse 2 and 3, it says, uh, this is God speaking, by the way, to Moses. This is God speaking. Make sacred garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. Instruct all the skilled craftsmen whom I filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest set apart for my service. And, and so, so here's the thing. These priestly garments that were made, they were going to be glorious and beautiful. Like when any of these priests stepped into the community, by the sheer things that people were wearing, people would step back and go like, wow, amazing. I mean, Robert, I was talking to Robert first thing this morning and he commented, he looked at me and he said, oh, good to see your knees today, Matt. Well, he didn't say that, to be honest. But, um, you know, I'm not sure, Robert, whether you were impressed or whether you just wanted to pray for me. Probably both of those things. But, but the priest, they, they, you know, they, it was glorious. It was beautiful. And friends, as a priest of Jesus Christ, when you step into the room, your life is supposed to be glorious and beautiful. Like you are, are no longer clothed with priestly garments, but, but you are clothed in Christ. Like when you wake up every morning, th- this is what uh, Paul says in Romans 13, 14, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus. Ephesians three twenty four. put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Clothe yourself so that when you step into the room, wherever that room is, in your priestly function, filled with the Holy Spirit, that your life, this is point number one, will shine brightly. Will shine brightly. Because the glory and the beauty of Jesus is radiating through your very life because you are clothed in Christ. That's the first thing. And then then we see in in the verses from 15 to 30, um, God describes this... um, Two pieces of clothes, this, this, this ephod, which is this, uh, this thing that is like an apron, essentially. And if you look at it, there's, there's this interesting thing that happens with the, with the apron. Again, you can read it between 15 and 30. I'm not going to get into it now. And, and on the apron, over the heart of the apron, there are 12 precious stones that God says need to go over the heart on the apron. Precious stones over the heart. And each of those 12 stones represents one of the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, essentially the people. Is everyone with me so far? So we've got a chess uh, piece, uh, the ephod, uh, with these precious stones. And then uh, this chess piece that goes over the whole thing. And on the shoulders of the, of the chess piece, again, we have precious stones. So just think about that. Precious, 12 precious stones over the heart. 12 precious stones on the shoulders. Like, what, what's God doing here? Like, what is all that about? And let me just say three more things then really, really briefly from this. What is this about? The first thing is, what were those precious stones? Those precious stones were people. And so your life is, is supposed to shine brighter, but also as you choose to become a priest, you and I, we need to start seeing clearer. And what I mean by that is we need to see people as he, as Jesus sees them. And how does God see people? He sees them as precious. People are precious to God. They are jewels. 
They are precious stones. People are precious to God. Everyone is precious to God. And, and let's be honest, like, you know, we, we like the people who like us and we like the people who we're like, but what about the others? Like when I was at the gathering last week with some of our guys, 1,500 guys in a tent, and I was doing the morning Bible studies, and on the Saturday morning, I, I was doing a preach on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And right near the end of the preach, I've got a friend of mine, Mark Tate. He's about to lead a bit of worship, and we're going to do a response. And I'm literally getting there, and this guy shouts out. He literally heckles me. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I was like, what, mate? Because there were a lot of people in the room big, in a big talk. I'm like, what, mate? And he said, like, are, are you going to get some of the Spirit? Are you going to, you know, pray for some of the Spirit? Something like that. And I was like, yes. Literally, we're just about to do that. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. So I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. And, and then we had this moment, and it was great. And, uh, and then afterwards, I, I came down off the big stage, and he comes up to me. And... Um, and I realized this guy was absolutely hammered. He was drunk. He was totally wasted. He was covered in tattoos. He had teeth missing. He was absolutely not like me. And I started to wonder, maybe he had misunderstood the whole of my message. And that when I was saying, you need the spirit, he was after a different spirit. Maybe it was that. But what I know is this, this guy who wasn't like me, who if I wasn't careful, my prejudice would rise up. This is not my kind of guy. And yet he is a precious jewel. To Jesus, a precious jewel to Jesus. We need to see clearly if we're going to be priests. We need to see people as God sees them. We need to shine brightly. We need to see clearly. And, and then we need things to go more deeply. It's interesting, isn't it? Where, think about these two places that these jewels go. I mean, think, remember, this God is saying this, He's trying to communicate something. The first is the people go over the heart. They go over the heart. God wants our hearts to be touched by people. He wants our hearts to be touched by people. What is going on for people? There's a song we sing where we say, God, break your heart for what? Break my heart for what breaks yours. That is a bold prayer to pray. Like Paul and Elaine have gone out. They've, they've sold their house. They've left everything. They've left their family behind to be with these people who are living in really difficult circumstances because something about the plight, the struggle of those people, good people, people that Christ loves, who are precious to him, have hit them in the heart. Hit them in the heart. We need to go deeply that let what Jesus, we don't just see people as he sees them, but we ask Holy Spirit, help us to feel what you feel about them. Help me to feel what you feel about them. Are we really prepared to pray that prayer? Help me to shine brightly. Help me to see clearly. Help me to see them as you see them, precious to you. Help their situations, what you feel about them, to go deeply. Let my heart be touched. May I carry people in my heart. And then finally... Finally, as we think about this metaphor of the shoulders, we need to then help, help lift them higher. What's that about? Shoulders, put someone on your shoulders. That's all about lifting, isn't it? Holding, carrying. And so not only do we see people clearly, not only do we feel more deeply, but actually we then want to lift people higher. We actually want to do something about this. We want to be in the business of carrying them, supporting them in any way that God 
calls us to, carrying their burdens, raising them up, helping them out of their challenges, practically, spiritually, whatever it means, emotionally, financially, relationally, whatever it means that we want to join in with Jesus as we carry them on our shoulders to lift them higher and see them lift above the circumstances and the situations that they find themselves in. We, as priests of God, we, we see what Jesus sees in people, that they're precious to him. We, we feel what he feels. Our hearts are touched, and out of that, we're, we're, we carry them, just like Jesus would carry us. The glorious inconvenience of giving your life for people. The glorious inconvenience for giving your life for people, to people. And like, what does this look like in practice? Both within the life of Zio and without it. And without, outside of it is even more important. But within it, like, if, if we're going to reject comfort and actually recognize what we're here for others. I mean, part of it is this, that you actually, we show up together. We, we, we do meet in church homes. We do meet in our huddles because we recognize that when we do that, we encourage other people. It's not just about us. You know, if you've got a church at home leader who's prepared their, their meeting and you go because you go to honor them and to thank them and bless them for what they're doing and be part of the conversation that you're not just, oh, I think I'll give it a miss this week. No, no, no. You see them, you feel for them and you think, I'm going to carry this with them. That we carry the burden of, of, of running kids' work and youth work and hospitality and production and worship and all these things. Helping hands, repairing people's houses, getting involved in cat, being a befriender. All of these things. All of us. We, we can't carry everything, but we can carry something. But when only a few people are carrying it, it's really heavy. Really tiring. But of course, ultimately, it's not about what happens here it's about what happens out there. That prayer that says, God, help me to see what you see, feel what you feel, and then carry those that you're calling me to carry. And, and that's why this is the, the final part, really. Maybe, guys, you can come up in just a moment. Come up now. Is that if we embrace these three things that we've talked about, because this is inconvenient. All of this is inconvenient. If you give your time, your life for others, it will be inconvenient. But in that inconvenience, that's the point in all of this, you find the glory of God. You see the glory of God. When you are willing to get away with God and find time to be with him and hear his divine direction and receive his love and healing and wholeness and forgiveness over your life, as you build those practices... You'll become more aware and you're going along with God moments, what God is up to. And what is God up to? He's trying to woo people back into relationship because they're precious with him. And every single one of you in this place, you are a priest. You are a holy nation. You carry the very presence of Jesus. His power at work, even in your weakness. And he's longing, he's weeping, he's calling out to all of us. Will you see what I see? Will you feel what I feel? Will you carry people? Will you do this? Lord, I just lift these words to you and I just trust you, Holy Spirit, now that you will speak to us. Would you, as we sing, as we respond, as some of us pray, 
would we have that prayer clothe us in Christ that our lives would shine as priests forgive us for where we have not seen people as you see them forgive us and set us free from our prejudices help us to see all people as precious Lord may we carry people in our hearts not just our families and friends but others that you're going to connect us with May we feel what you feel. And then would you show us what to do? We can't do everything, but we can do something in Zio and beyond it. And we only get to do all this because your body was broken. And so as we take this moment now, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you that you die, that we would have life. And that life is now. We have eternal life now. But may that eternal life live through us into others, we pray, in this response. Thank you, Father. Amen.